0: Hey, is it Saturday yet? Not so fast, my (laughs) friend.
1: A podcast presented by Student Union Sports. Hello and welcome into another episode of Is It Saturday? I'm your host, Luke Goins, joined alongside Andrew Diaz, Bryce Hopwood. Semi-final preview, boys, we've made it. This will be our... Last episode before the national championship preview, we'll take next week off for Christmas, New Year's, all that good stuff. And then we'll be back to break down the national championship. But boys, how's your bowl season going? How's life going? You know, Diaz was uh, away from us last week with his uh, finals week. You know, I, I saw the tweets. I was following along Diaz, but uh, how'd your finals week go? It's It went all right. I still haven't gotten the
0: grade back for the class that I've failed twice prior. So I've been like just checking pretty much every day since I've left campus or every like hour since I've left if that gets posted. So we're wait we're waiting to see. Um feeling good. Third time's the charm as they say. So we're feeling good about that. But yeah, I was bummed that I couldn't record last week. I was like really looking forward to it and uh just wasn't in the cards. So I'm I'm happy we're recording this week.
1: Diaz, I'm guessing you didn't listen to it back because you hate us. I didn't, you know, finals, man. They they got me. Because no, me, I listened I listened listen to a little bit. Well me and Hop were doing like mental gymnastics because all of the lines you sent were like off by the time we recorded. So we're like, should we give oh. him this, should we give him that? But we ended up just doing what we usually do, gave the lines that were, you know, at the time, which it helped you out with some, hurt you with others. So we, we did it we managed our best. I'm the only one still undefeated
0: currently in our bowl play. Granted, because none of my bowls have gone yet, but I have not
2: lost a bowl game yet. Some might say you have no Bulls.
1: Boy, boy, we're on it tonight. Uh, the great Bryce Hopwood recording from his car. So, hoping <laughs> – uh, maybe hoping he does get t bone just for content. But also, Hop, I hope you, you travel safely.
2: Hey, you know, we do it for the grind. I hope the, the Bulls joke just landed. Uh, it may not have, but hey. Here we are. It's late in the season. you got to do what you can to win ball.
1: Yeah, and, and bowl games have started. Uh, I'm 0-1-1. It's it's tough because Jacksonville State, me, Bryce, and our producer Liam were sweating out in real time, but we got them at 2.5. Unfortunately for the Bulls, I had them at 3, so I pushed. That was a crazy game. Um, last night, we saw our boy Joshua Cephas go off as UTSA beat Marshall 35-17, to and our other boy, Joey Ags, Joey Egler in App State, beat Miami of Ohio 13-9. So, uh, you know, there have been some bowl games so far. Nothing too crazy, although that old Dominion game, that game was crazy. Western Kentucky, they blew a 28-0 lead to Western Kentucky. So, there have been some fireworks so far, but I got to say, boys. Monarchs
2: like, are dead to me.
1: Yeah, the Monarchs are dead to me. I, it just – Bowl games in general, they've gotten too difficult to predict. I mean, even knowing who's playing and who's not doesn't even help at this point. Like, Western Kentucky had like a third string quarterback come in and dice up all of them. It's just, it's so hard at this point. Yeah.
0: I kind of hate bowl season, like this point of bowl season right now, if I'm being completely honest, because with how much the transfer portal is affecting it, it's like once a guy's announced a transferring, they're done. So you're kind of picking these games blindly because you don't, you're getting guys that have not really played a ton this year getting their first start or their first meaningful reps in games. And, you know, you really can't predict these games whatsoever. So once we get closer, you know, towards, um, you know, the New Year's Six games and like the playoff games, I think it'll be a lot more fun. Um, I mean, granted, it's still fun we're getting football, but these games have, that we're getting right now just become not as enjoyable as years past, I think, because of how much the portal's been affecting it and guys not playing, opting out. So I, I've been... I watched the Marshall game last night. Um, watched the App State game. Other than that, I've kind of been a little disconnected from uh, from those bowl games.
2: the uh, The App State game was nuts. I think it was ended up being twelve fumbles the most since like the eighty eight Peach Bowl, I want to say, or something like that. Just an absolutely historic number. Our boy Joey Eggs obviously got ended up getting the dub. Our boy, like Luke mentioned, Joshie Stephens now like all of the receiving records are basically his most yards in a single season career uh, receiving yards leader touchdowns, I believe is in that too. It's been a crazy bowl season, old dominion, the monarchs, the monarchy down with the monarchy. I'm really, I'm really still pretty salty uh, about that one yet. So kind of a ridiculous, ridiculous way to go into bowl season, but shout out Rocco Griffin, third string UTSA running back, Plus two seventy anytime touchdown score felt good to get that one off the back after the ODU game.
1: Yeah, I, you know what really made me mad to kick off bowl season. I felt really good about Georgia Southern, and I'm like, oh, Davis Brin's playing like they should be good. He throws three picks. Parker Navarro starts at quarterback for Ohio, um, and they win by twenty. It's just like it's it's so hard to predict, and you know I'm like like I'm looking ahead. Syracuse is playing probably past the time you guys are listening, but they played Thursday against South Florida and they're minus three, but I don't even know who's playing quarterback for them because Garrett Schrader is out. Uh, he's His career is over. He had a shoulder injury, had to get surgery on it. So I, these lines don't make sense. These games don't make sense, but uh, we, we still had to make our picks. We still had our picks. And I'm, I'm excited for Wisconsin LSU because, you know, Hop's going to be sweating out that game. Um, you know, it, beating an SEC team for a bowl game, I think still means something for, for Hop and for Wisconsin, and you know, Diaz has LSU, so he's going to be trolling that whole game. So I'm, yeah. as as an unbiased third party, I'm very excited for it.
2: Well, I, you I, have new, very, you have like a new quarterback and a whole new team. I'm surprised you don't want to talk about them. Lukey.
0: Yeah, th- this could easily be a Syracuse podcast Hey, Like there's one, this one hundred percent could have just been this the Syracuse
1: uh, transfer portal breakdown today. I don't. Well, I mean, me and Hop got into a little bit last week, but that was before Kyle McCord uh, signed to the Orange. They've landed four star after four star. They are uh, top 12, I believe, in transfer portal acquisitions right now. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what they're selling guys on. They're bringing them to the dome. They're doing hibachi. They're, they got Lambos there. I don't know exactly what the recruiting pitch is for Fran Brown, but it's a real punch to the face of Dino Babers who like three weeks ago was like, it's impossible. We have no money. It's hard to recruit. And then like Fran Brown just has better recruits than Dino ever had. Like if you combine every single class he's had. So it's exciting, man. Q owns the Northeast right now. This has got to be tough if you're
0: Dino too, because like, every all the fans were like super I, I feel like the fans were pretty content like year after year they're like you know it's a tough place to recruit like they felt that pain yeah and, i said you know, i believed him <laughs> they're like we can sympathize with you like i completely get that it's tough to recruit like this isn't a football area it's basketball and then brown comes in and it's just yeah we're just gonna take all of the best guys out of the portal right now and build you know an absolute unit up here that dino babers never could
2: it is basically A&M Junior now, obviously, with with Franny Boy running things up there in the Northeast, but um, obviously McCord, too, is a huge gift for you, Lukey, like you said. But I'm interested from your perspective, Luke, um, with today also being National Signing Day, did uh, Syracuse like, keep or did, did some of those guys flip as well in this recruiting class?
1: No, they landed pretty much everyone uh, that was supposed to go. And last night they landed uh, King Joseph. His, his name is. Uh, he's a defensive end four-star. He was between Florida State and Syracuse, comes to Syracuse. Um, and they start, uh, They signed a four-star tight end, a four-star running back, um, some other guys on the D-line. And then they got um, the safety from Buffalo, Grant, who I really liked. Um, he's transferring over as well. So they, they've gotten a lot of nice pieces. They haven't really had a lot of guys flip from Syracuse. Um, and I, I'm just curious to see how it all plays out because Fran Brown, you know, he's a great recruiter and I think that's what Syracuse needed. Um, now the question is, are the coordinators going to be up to snuff? Because, you know, we saw a and get a lot of recruits over the years and they didn't really pan out because of coaching. And I, I don't know if Fran Brown can coach because he's only ever been, you know, a coordinators coach. He's never been a coordinator, but I like the idea of your head coach just being a great recruiter and then building the staff around you to help coach these guys up. So you know, I'm, I'd am i rather have this than a guy that's like, oh, I'm great at X's and O's, but doesn't deliver. Like, just give me the players and then kind of go from there.
0: Yeah, I think if you have the good coordinators and good position coaches, you just need your head coach at that point to be, like, your spokesperson and to be, like you said, really, really good at bringing guys in. If you have good coordinators and good position coaches, they're the ones, primary, like, working with the players. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the head coach should be, like, your figurehead of recruiting, and it seems like that's what they're doing now at Syracuse, and I, that's going to work for, well, hopefully work for them. I I would be excited to see Syracuse as a good team. It would obviously hurt, because I thought UConn was going to be the team running the, you know, this Northeast area very, very soon. As of last year, I thought that, but. Oh, brother. Yeah, went went right in reverse, but yeah, I mean, it,
1: it could be fun if Syracuse is good again. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at, like, their transfer right now, like, the deal digs uh, four-star from A&M to Syracuse. And then you look at Zed Haynes and Jackson Meeks, two receivers from Georgia to Syracuse, obviously Kyle McCord. And then looking at uh, the, the recruits I mentioned, King Joseph Edwards, edge rusher, four-star from Georgia. Jamie Tremble is a four-star tight end from Georgia. Like, I mean, he's conquered the Northeast already and gotten a ton of guys from New Jersey, especially. He's got nine players from there. But, like, three guys from Georgia is kind of crazy – you know, these guys are have visited, you know, A&M, Alabama, Georgia, and they decided they wanted to come play at Syracuse. Again, I don't know what's in the sauce, but it's good sauce.
2: I think – I mean, I would imagine it's the dome, right? Because, like, I, I can't speak to the atmosphere. I mean, only you can, but it's, like, home games. I mean, you're really only going to be playing, you know, like six true, like, potentially cold games. And if you have – next year, if, like, Q's the schedule works out the right way where it's, like – a game or two are in September and October and you get a little seasonally warm, you're only really going to play like four ish cold games. And that's not including if you get like, if you're at Florida state in November on the road. So like, I, obviously I don't know what they're keeping the dome uh, out there in queues during the uh, oh, season. Oh, it's toasty. But it's toasty. Yeah. So it's like, it's not, It that makes sense why you would want to go up North at least to the warmest place.
1: Yeah, I mean, also, you know, next year they play at Cal. So that's going to be a warm game. Um, and then, you know, they play at Pitt. That could be a cold game. But, like, yeah, you're, you're playing mostly either in the Dome or, you know, these ACC schools. So that certainly helps. But, like, still, man, I, I can't imagine. I guess the, the play is, like, hey, you're going to play here because we don't have a ton of guys like a Georgia or Alabama. Like, you're going to get time to develop and to play. So that's got to be the selling point, I would imagine. Dude.
0: The McCord, the McCord entering the portal for me was like pretty baffling. Does him like? Did that surprise you guys at all? I don't know if you hit that last week, but like that one really, really shocked me. Him transferring as a whole, like because he had had the starting job at Ohio State and played pretty well. I know they're losing weapons and whatnot, but
1: they're still gonna be good. So, the McCord thing was he said he wanted to be guaranteed a starting job. And I think Ohio State wasn't going to guarantee him that. It's his last year. So, mm. I guess, that you know, didn't want the competition. And I'm a little, you know, apprehensive. I'm very excited for McCord. But also, I'm like, you look at what he had to work with at Ohio State. You know, Syracuse has done great. But they don't have, you know, <laughs> the receivers the and – two of the best wideouts in college and one of the best running backs. Yeah. Like, and, it's... you know, Cade Stover at tight end, like you're not going to have <laughs> that at Syracuse. So I'm, but I'm still excited. You know, he still, I think has the potential, but yeah, I guess he didn't want the competition. I mean, I throw the
2: red challenge flag on you there just because like, uh, just be, I I don't know, maybe the, the Ohio state quarterback of the last couple of years has been a Heisman finalist. Like, McCord maybe didn't live up to those standards, and I know that was one of the reports out there. but like all in all for the ACC, I mean, he's probably almost immediately the best quarterback in the in the conference. I mean, I I guess I don't I'm not gonna pretend I know offhand where everybody could end up landing, especially whoever ends up at FSU if it's cam Ward. But like you know, I I, I, I don't know like I don't I'm gonna throw the challenge flag on you there a little bit to the kind of like slow play of
1: McCord.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think
1: mean, I. Better, still there. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Hobb. But I think Miami will probably try. I mean, they, they're desperate. They need to land someone in the portal. But no, I, I get what you're saying for 100. <laughs> percent and I like McCord. I remember I was trying to remember what episode it was on. I said like, Hey, McCord's actually playing. it was probably after the Notre Dame game. I was like, Hey, he's actually playing a little bit better than I think people are getting giving him credit for. So I think he's gonna be one of the better quarterbacks in ACC for sure. And Syracuse's schedule is very easy. Like the hardest non-conference game is Kansas. Um, in conference they avoid Clemson so it's like yeah I I think this team is going to have the potential to win you know eight games potentially next year for sure but um, I was more so saying you know is he going to be I I don't know maybe I'm just trying to tamper my own expectations but you have to at least take into account that he did have some pretty sick weapons
2: no that's certainly fair Um, you, you mentioned Miami needing a guy with the Badgers Oh. This is a real tough spot. I don't think we got to go into this last no, time. Oh, we didn't. We? It. Oh, dude. Do we want to do this do the Homer the Homer 15 here with uh with all our, our teams or what?
1: No, we could talk I, some T V D.
2: Dude, this is so bad. I've said on podcasts, on the internet, on X, formerly Twitter, a lot of places that I don't think Tyler Van Dyke is that good. Yeah, and now next year he's Actually, he's a Connecticut guy, too. Yeah, he's from uh, Glastonbury. He played at Suffield Academy. I watched him
0: play at Suffield? Against, uh, no way. I watched him play in a prep bowl game. They played this – They this, that Suffield Academy team had, like, 10 or 11, like, D1 FBS kids on that roster. They played this team, Belmont Hill, from up in Boston, that ran, like, the – like, ran wing T. And ran like a 5-2 on defense and just beat the piss out of them. It was a tough look. I was like, maybe this guy's not that legit. But, yeah, I, I guess we we kind of proved it right. And that was the quarterback for the Badgers. This is awesome.
2: No, dude, this is my worst. Him being a Connecticut guy makes it that much worse. This is I sweet. Just, no, dude, this is horrible. 2021, like, he was really good at a- a- ACC play, I should say. And the numbers, like, he they, they played is like, Georgia Tech like some of the low-level ACC schools that he absolutely ripped up. So I, I took to take into 2022, yeah. like, hey, I don't think this guy's the, the goods. Dealt with some injuries. Came back this year. I was like, I, I there's nothing to prove to me that he's actually as good. I mean, we're talking two years ago this kid was supposed to be, like, first-round draft pick ready good, and he just hasn't shown that, and he still hasn't. And now I'm, I, I'm not have to root for this in Wisconsin after all the bad <laughs> things I've said cuz I can't I'm not I'm not unloyal that's the problem is I have to love him
0: This is not going to be this is this is going to be a fun season I hope he plays all 12 games I hope <laughs> he doesn't play like terrible but I hope it's just middling the whole season where it's just never good never bad just pure disappointment cuz he's never going to play that good so, I'm
2: more excited for whoever we're going to get as a running back in the portal. We got to get a guy in, as a running back in the portal.
1: I was just so happy when Van Dyke went to Wisconsin just because there was rumors that Syracuse was be interested in him and Hop was like already dancing on my grave. And now Syracuse has Kyle McCord and Wisconsin has Tyler Van Dyke.
2: Oh dude, this is it's bad news. It's not it's not a good scenario at, at all. Kyle why – Kyle McCord is going to Syracuse. What world is this?
1: Kind of crazy. I saw that. I thought it was a joke. I, I like actually thought that was a joke when I saw it on Twitter. And, like, this is what's cool about this, too. Like, I – look, I've been – I've been kind of one foot out the last couple of years with Syracuse. It's just, like, it, it gets frustrating to a certain point. And I was like, am I going to rock season tickets this year? Like, I think I'm all the way in. And, like, you know, oh, I see, see – the tickets? I see them – listen, I was a season ticket holder from <laughs> – you know, I think I was in ninth grade until 2020. And then the last couple of years we didn't renew them. And I'm like, I might get back in. And I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm feeling good about things right now.
2: Yeah. Tyler Van Dyke. I was going to get season tickets for the Badgers because they have Bama at home, uh, I Washington and I Penn state. And then I think Oregon, I'll, no, USC is the other one. I think, no, it's either on the road we play USC for sure, but I think it's either Oregon or USC at home. And now that Tyler Van Dyke's my quarterback, you can bet I'm going to be sitting on the couch watching.
0: It's gonna be, it's gonna be a lot cheaper, I think, to buy like some rope or a gun rather than buying season tickets if you're gonna have to watch <laughs> Van Dyke play all year. Like that, that's rough.
2: That's so, absolutely
0: brutal. Tyler
2: Van Dyke versus Bama Diaz. He's a Connecticut kid, so you he, have to. You're like a pseudo Badger fan though now.
0: I'm no, I'm not, because Van Dyke always. No, I'm a Drew Pine guy. It's Pine time. It's coming up.
1: I'll follow okay, him. Okay, have to, fun with I'll Notre follow Dame him to whatever Ron, Division
0: Two school history.
1: he's going to be playing at next year. I, Hop, I think you just confused Buckner and Pine. Yeah, tough one. Oh, hey, it's all right. Pine thank is Pine is education only. Uh, Buckner is trying to put across. Um, but oh, the, the the one other thing I want to talk about before we get into the playoff games, which I promise we'll. Um, Dylan Reyes flipped from Georgia to Nebraska, and he wrote a poem. Uh, what do you guys think of the poem? I I think I might be all the way out on Dylan Reyes. That you, you can't drop a poem, man.
2: Hand up, Hand I I, I did. I would love I would love a live reading of this poem. I didn't read the poem. I'm
1: pulling it up. I'm trying to find it right now. Should I do a dramatic reading? Oh, here it is. You do the dramatic reading, Diaz. You're the, you're the theater kid. It's this one, right? The the like one yeah. you tweeted. Yes.
0: In the realm of college, college, hang on. In the realm of college dreams, where purpose takes flight, enter Dylan Raiola, crafting his narrative in the night. Once lured by Georgia, where powerhouse glory gleamed, yet Nebraska's purpose in his heart brightly beamed. In the scarlet and cream, where legacies entwine, Dylan, like Rogers, Rogier, and Crouch, a hero in the line. No longer a cog in some powerhouse machine, but a quarterback with an even grander ambition unseen. So fellow fans await with hope in the air for Dylan to choose his purpose to declare in a weekend's decision. Destiny calls to fulfill his purpose where a new destiny enthralls. Now that that's, that's not good. No, hang on. That's bad. Like you can't do
1: that. It's, it's, it's problematic, especially this is going to be memed so hard when he transfers to Ohio state next year. (laughs)
0: Or when he just st- like or just if he stinks, like if he gets in a yeah. game and just absolutely stinks, like that poem is going to be everywhere.
1: Literally, all he mean,
2: to- yeah, it that's what you would describe as not good, um, especially like, I mean, you can't you can't be naming those quarterbacks like you'd almost rather name like Tommy Armstrong over like Eric Crouch at this point. Like that was what forty years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jesus. all he had to really do is be like, "Hey, I'm going to Nebraska," and I'm sure fans would have been more than excited. They, I don't think they needed that,
2: especially because it it's of- it w- yeah. it's been rumored for like since like what the off season that he was going to flip like before the year.
0: Yeah, and some of the some of the uh, replies on it are very good. Um, somebody tweeted, "I think you're secretly a middle aged lesbian. Uh, <laughs> Ain't no way you really just posted this." Um,
2: <laughs> As a Subaru driver, I gotta say, I love that comment.
0: Uh where there was another a commitment poem, corny and cringy AF.
1: You really post this, it's so strange. Like you just get ripped up in the comments, which is so awesome. Yeah, maybe a little bit worried about uh Dionariola. But uh let's oh, let's man. dive let's dive into semifinals, boys. Um coming up on New Year's Day. I was kind of surprised at the layout, so they put the Bama Michigan game first at five o'clock. I was a little surprised. I thought this would have been the, the eight o'clock game, but mm-hmm. Rose Bowl, I guess that's why they don't play. They always play at five. Um, Alabama Michigan. Michigan's minus one. Over under is 45 and a half. So here's my big question for this game because I think Michigan has been the best team in the country all season long. Obviously, Georgia was in the mix, but Michigan made it to the <laughs> end. Uh, do we trust. Michigan in the playoffs because it feels like every single year they've fallen flat. Um, I I think they're formulated to win in the Big Ten, but up against an SEC team, that's where the questions arise, I think, for Michigan. I'd be if
0: I'm Harbaugh, I'm like super nervous for this game. Cause this feels like almost I wouldn't say a legacy defining game. Like that would obviously be if they made a natty, but at this point, like, he needs to get to a natty. He needs to get over that hump and win a playoff game. So I would definitely be concerned. Like, they, if they pulled Florida State and had them, you know, limping in there with Rodemaker at quarterback and, you know, no Jared Verse, then we're looking at a different outcome, definitely. They're getting one of the – probably the hottest team in college football right now with the most momentum. So I would be super concerned if I'm Michigan right now.
2: Team was my national championship team uh to like preseason. I still believe in that personally. Uh I love McCarthy. I know like some of what the underlying numbers are. Uh personally, as a numbers geek, I totally understand where some of them are coming from. But that being said, I, I'm a big Millroad supporter as well. Um, I think at the end of the day, Michigan is built to play just about any kind of football. Uh, that, that you need to play and I think that their defense being as elite as it is can slow down them the the um, Bama offense enough and Milro enough with the past game that we should be able to uh, see a Michigan victory I mean this this line is is one point for a reason
1: and I think on the other side for Alabama my biggest thing is and you know Diaz said they are you know the hottest team in football coming in this game but like they are also a really lucky fourth down conversion against Auburn away from not being in this thing, which is like, that's really sticking mm-hmm. in my brain right now. It's like that team, if that Alabama shows up, Michigan blows them out of the water. But if the Michigan or the Alabama that played against Georgia shows up, they're going to be in this game and have a chance to win this game. Like this is, you know, not the Alabama teams have passed, you know, the defense has been good, but not, you know, top five, top three in the country like it has been in the past um miller miller's improvement has been awesome and you know kind of seeing how he's you know made his connections with jermaine burton and isaiah bond over the past few weeks especially has been huge but that's still sticking in the back of my mind that this is an alabama team that you know almost lost to auburn it's i I think we're probably
0: like maybe it's because we just saw them beat georgia who's been like the team for the past two three years but it feels like that's the Bama we're gonna get. And like if that is the case, then Michigan's gonna be in a lot of trouble because Milro's playing great. Their defense is playing unreal right now. And if they I mean if they shut down the run, then it's gonna be pretty tough if you're gonna be one dimensional and just have to throw the ball against Bama. I mean, they'll be able to a little bit, but you can't do that for four quarters. I mean, the Bama's got really good athletes in the secondary. So it's I don't know. I, I think I, I feel like I think I had Michigan winning it when the year at the start of the year, but now because they pulled this matchup, I don't feel as confident.
2: That's certainly fair, Diaz, between what you're talking about with the secondary, like if you become one-dimensional. One but the second half of that argument would be, well, I think Michigan, you could argue, probably runs the ball better than or as good as – the best team in the country does if they're not the best at running it in the country with the two headed back. I mean, obviously no Zinter. I mean, that matchup is going to be absolutely Mm -hmm. huge. But you yourself, Diaz, as an offensive line guy, even said this uh, previously that Zinter going down is big, but at the end of the day, the size of the bodies that they have and the depth they have on that line, they might just, they might, yeah, they might end up being able to lean on Bama. And that's why I think, Like the way Bama's offense can stutter at any point, I think that's where the the Michigan um the the uh favorite of what's the word I'm looking for the edge would go to them. Mm
0: -hmm. No, I agree. I mean, like, oh yeah, I said it last time. Um, with Zinter out, obviously it sucks, but they have the best offensive line in the country, and the you know the backup for Zinter, I don't know who it is, but I'm assuming is going he's not going to be on the same level as Inter but he's going to be a very very good player there's not going to be a massive talent discrepancy there so I think not having him hurts because he's also a really great leader for them but they're going to be fine up front it's now a matter of if you know if Bama's front seven is making plays and shutting down the run then that one-dimensional aspect comes into play and Bama's can key to that you know so it's I'm hoping for a good game. I'm re- that's like honestly the biggest the biggest part of it because I I don't care who wins the the Texas Washington game is the one that I feel more invested in uh, coming up so um, I'm hoping for a fun game but I do I think Bama's going to win this game.
2: I uh, last thing I'll say on the Michigan Bama aspect of things is that, um, especially the line stuff is that had this game been the next. You know the next week against Bama, I don't know that the line is the same. But having time to prepare and get the backup guy ready, which I feel bad I don't know his name, offhand, but being able to get him ready over a couple weeks is massive. Um, to what the like the the chemistry that that line is going to be able to bring.
1: I'm so torn on this game. Um, and it's going to be Trent Jones starting for Zach Center, so I figured we give him a shout out so that, so that right. he's a graduate transfer so um so i <sighs> i might just take the over in this game um I, it's it's suspiciously low so that kind of scares me at, at 45 and a half but i just i don't know if i trust either side enough to take it because i'm concerned about michigan's ability to play in a game like this um but again this is a, a more mature michigan team but they are without Zenter. and then i look at this alabama team and you know can Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell still get to the quarterback probably like these these linebackers for Alabama and their edge rushers are you know at an elite level so it's like who wins that battle in the trenches and then I look at the secondaries and Michigan's got a hell of a secondary so can Millero make plays against it I don't know guys I am I am so up in the air about both of these games like I think both of these games have the potential to be classics kind of like last year where I don't really feel that strongly about either side in either game, so I'm just kind of looking at totals right now. This this feels a lot like last year for me, where I had TCU
0: as like my team. Now I've got Washington just as the team that I've been hitching my wagon to, you know, slowly throughout the season. So uh, I'm. Do Do you guys think that the winner of the Bama Michigan game will win the national title, no matter who they play, whether it's Washington or Texas?
2: Yeah, I said this. I said this. The uh, I, I think on the the first show after, I think I think the winner of
1: this game absolutely is the national champion. I mean, I disagree. I, I, if Texas, I do too. if Texas gets past, uh, I think if Texas gets a rematch with Alabama, there's no reason why they can't win again. I see
0: as a Washington, like as a a one season Washington guy and a Pennix believer, I I think that Washington could beat them just because they. I still factor that they just haven't lost. They're like a cockroach right now where it doesn't matter who they're playing. It could be a really good team or a really bad team. They just haven't lost. They keep finding ways to win. So I kind of just keep going back
2: to that where they could beat
0: anybody in the country. I
2: think. I just disagree. I don't, I don't think like, (laughs) like, I understand the reason being um, of like Texas already beat Bama. And, and that being like a, a fair point. But as we know, it's some of these games and some of these teams like that game was in September. There's a long time ago. These teams are different. And if if Bama looks like a, a classic Bama and Milroe runs for 100 and they're just an absolute machine, I just don't see I don't see Nick Saban losing a rematch. I just don't, whether that's fair or not to what, to how, you know, we all watched the three of us together and producer Liam in person watched and knew that Texas was going to be Bama the first time. I just don't see Saban losing again. Now Michigan is definitely would have me um, a little bit more worried, but I think they would be able to probably run the ball a lot better um and make that game a little bit more open. Uh, in a in a Texas Michigan um uh, game.
1: All right, boys. Before we move on to Washington Texas, let's get our official picks. Diaz, are you? So are you sticking with your uh, Bama plus one, or is that your official pick? Is, it, is the line plus one? Wait, are we doing like our picks picks for it? Yes, sir.
0: Yeah, I'm going. Is it is it Bama plus one? Is that the wow? Line? So
1: line is now Michigan minus two. Over under is 44 and a half.
0: Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Bama at plus whatever it's at. I see it at plus one and a half. If it's plus i I'm taking Bama to cover.
2: Big hop. Puts me in a tough spot, but I'm already down one here in bowl season. I'm I, I'll I'll say this. I looked at the rings early just to see if I there was any new styles out this year and that kind of stuff. Uh and now I'm 0 one. Uh, on the year, uh, or it should say in bowl season, uh, so I'm gonna have to try to get one back. I stake my claim on Michigan preseason, I gotta stake it here again. Losing this, at, uh, it's gonna be a one point ball game, and Michigan winning by one is really gonna sting, especially when I point back to this clip. But I gotta go Michigan with the two.
1: I I lean Michigan. If I had if I was picking the game, I think I lean Michigan, but don't, don't be a cowardly a- podcast. Over 44 and a half is my official pick. I think this is going to be Power. like a 28 24 ball game, coast to the over. Feel good about it. Um, so do you, yeah. wait,
2: do we have the records by the way? Before we start talking about leans, do we want to talk records?
1: Yeah, we could talk records. Um, I don't really want to talk about mine, but right now I am. <laughs>
0: uh, it's not as bad as I thought about. Um, I have it right here. It's not as bad as I remember it being. Yeah, you want to read them out, Diaz. That's
2: maybe way meaner than like being saying he's awful.
1: <laughs> it's not as it's not as disappointing as it could be. Um, I'm in last. I'm twenty 26, and two. Diaz is 22, 22 and two. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And then Hop is twenty six and twenty one. So Diaz is gonna I got a few games to make up here. I'm I'm dead, but if I went out, I will finish over five hundred. So that's the goal. I just need a couple, honestly, because we
0: we go by win percentage. So like I honestly, those two ties kind of help me a little bit. Yeah,
1: Uh they certainly. Yeah, it's do. gonna
2: be. It it could end up being really disappointing. We now we have this one head to head. I I think we ended up doing Wisconsin LSU head to head, and we did JMU Air Force head to head. So I think oh, the he? the potential, yes. yeah, the potential for for back to back chips, back to back rings for Diaz. Not that he needs more chips, that fucking fatty over there.
0: Oh, (laughs) what what
3: just happened? (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) I'm out. Holy, unprovoked. Unprovoked.
2: Oh, man. That was And You look good, by the way. You look like you've lost weight.
0: This is hurt. No, no, no. Hang on. That was just, (laughs) oh, my
2: God.
1: Diaz, you're fat, but you also look like you lost weight. So, congrats. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm gonna insult you, but then compliment you for it.
2: <laughs> I feel I felt bad as soon as it left oh, my mouth. I felt you, bad. You
0: should. You should. It was not <laughs> needed. We weren't having. <laughs> Just because right? I'm
2: also, I'm not, I'm not, this, I'm not, I'm husky at at like skinniest too. So it's That's not really funny. fair. Stop backpedaling. Stand by
0: it or or, or, uh, or fully take it back. There's, Look, a, there's only two things you. you can Look, know. I'm
2: sick of you and you're gloating. I need the ring. I looked early and now I'm going to blow it. It is what it is. I called you fat and I'm going to have to own it later and I will when it oh. happens.
1: That was an all time, time wow. bad guy moment. Wow. I, I'm <laughs> shocked. I'm really shocked. I mean, oh my God. Listen, things get, get going in here, but I mean, the, the personal attack is insane. I'm hurt. <laughs> Um, speaking oh. of Husky, Washington taking on Texas, uh, <laughs> Texas minus four and a half, over under 63 and a half. Uh, th- do you guys remember, I, I kind of briefly remembered this when I was doing research on the game. These two teams actually met in the Alamo Bowl last year, and both Ewers and uh, Penix both played, and Washington won 27 to 20. So these teams are are a little bit familiar with each other. I did not know that.
2: I didn't realize that either. As a former, uh, former ticket holder of the Alamo Bowl, Stanford TCU all-time game. You were you were what? I went to I went to the Alamo Bowl in what was that? That would have been twenty seventeen. Stanford TCU absolute all-time comeback. One of the best games. JJ Arthego Whiteside incredible incredible game from him.
1: Oh, is that the game where he had like three hundred yards?
2: Yeah, and two touchdowns. And, uh, like, one of the – I was at the – I was on, like, the, what, 25 or 30 on the left side of the field, and one of his – one of the touchdowns he caught was, like, all-time one-handed catch in the corner of the end zone, and I was just, like, eyes were right there for it.
1: One of the big themes for this, week, uh, this game between Texas and Washington is going to be, you know, which defense kind of steps up. Because I think both these offenses – Uh, obviously have a lot of talent. Um, We know about Odunze, Polk, McMillan for Washington, the receiving core, and this Texas secondary is not good. It's leaky. Like There are going to be opportunities for Washington to score. Their O-line's playing well right now as well. Um, And then for Texas, or or, I I should say the other way around, Texas is running the ball really well right now. Since losing Jonathan Brooks, they're averaging 207 yards per game on the ground. Uh, C.J. Baxter's been leading the way for them with Jaden Blue uh, also filling in. So you know, they obviously lost Brooks, but Texas is running the ball really well. Washington's defense, not great. Texas's is secondary, not great. So uh, this could be a game, and, you know, the over-under suggested at 63-and-a-half. We could see a ton of points in this game.
2: This is going to be awesome if this game goes over after <clears throat> we're going to get probably some, like, more hard-nosed type play. Uh, in the in the Bama Michigan game, and then you get like you finish with the finesse and just points, points, points would be like you said. I mean, this weekend or this day, the the college football playoff could be just all time matchups. And I think if they go the way we kind of like want them or expect them to go, it's going to be even that much better. I'm just really excited to
0: watch Michael Penix play. If I'm being completely honest, I'm really I'm really excited for that. So, I I'm. I'm taking Washington uh, plus four. I have it at plus four. Do you have it at anything different? Four and a half. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll take him at four and a half. That works.
1: So my concern for Washington isn't their offense. I think their offense is going to be fine. Although, you know, Panix, did he, did he hurt his ribs? Is he a sad boy? I don't know. Some He hasn't been 100% it seems since the first Oregon game. But, you know, obviously they're doing enough to win. My concern is – their defense because, yes, it's playing better recently, but Quinn Ewers really excels when there's no pressure, right? And it's like a duh kind of moment, but he especially is very good when there's no pressure and he struggles when there is pressure. And Washington is 120th in the country in sacks. So I'm, that's my worry is can Washington get enough pressure to make Quinn Ewers uncomfortable? And I'm not sure if they can. So this, again, could really be a shootout. what are
2: do you do you happen to have and this you're really gonna hate me when I say this do you happen to have the team totals <laughs> up by chance uh I'll look them up for you just because I want obviously somebody is gonna be I would assume you said four and a half so I'd assume somebody's at like 31 or 33 and the others at like t- like 27 or 29.
1: Yeah. Let me see if I can find those, but um, yeah, but that's, that's my big concern I think is, you know, or my biggest question is which defense can step it up. And, you know, I look at both these defenses and I kind of give Texas the edge just because of Tavondre Sweat, like he's the biggest game wrecker in this game at defensive tackle and maybe at tight end too, after that touchdown against Oklahoma state, yeah. but like, you know, Washington doesn't necessarily have, you know, one of those elite type of game wreckers on defense. I mean, they do have Braden Trice. Like, he's obviously not on the same level
0: as as, as Tavondre, but it's he's been really, really good. And I do think, like, while they don't have that one guy, their front four, the rotation they've had has been really good. I thought they looked great against Oregon. Um, and they, you know, they're quick. They're all super physical. So that – and the Washington offensive line is really, really good too. That's another big thing. Like, yes. if they can neutralize him – then we're then I mean they you, you take out their their pretty much their weapon X on defense. So it it's I don't know. I, I think there are definitely ways that Washington can stop, you know, Texas's best. Um so I, I feel pretty confident in Washington. Maybe that's my blind my blind love for them this season, but I, I feel pretty
1: confident with them. Hop, I can't for the life of me find a team total. <laughs> I've been trying to find that's it. I can't yeah, I also
2: that's not what I wanted to hear, um, for sure, because I'm really torn on what the potential of this game could be.
1: Cause I'm just like, all these sites, man, they don't these don't they don't believe oh here, let's see. Da-da-da. No, it's just I just I can't I can't find it. Can't I think they, the they do it
2: closer to game time anyways, so that could be on me.
1: I mean you could take a blind team total, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I can't find it for you. I'm sorry. Um but, yeah, Diaz riding with the Huskies, like you said, you said uh, you like their chances. So, I mean, in your scenario, Diaz, it's Washington-Bama. And you you say the Huskies can win the Natty. Yeah,
0: I like, it kills me to think, like, Bama is going – like, there's a really, really, really good shot. Bama wins, like, another Natty this year after. I essentially counted them out. Once they lost the Texas, I'm like, perfect, done. We're not going to see Bama in the playoff this year. Now they're in and I'm getting nervous, but um, I do think like, again, I keep going back. Washington hasn't lost. They continue to win games. Their front seven has been playing really good. And when you have Hulk and Odoons, it's tough to stop both those guys who have just been so stellar all year long and just so consistent and just Penix has been really, really good. So I, I think they do everything pretty well. They just need to be consistent all game against Texas. And if they make it to the natty, uh, against either Bama or Michigan if they want to win. Because they ha- that's been their biggest issue is their offense sputters. I mean, in the Oregon game, or, uh, yeah, it was the Oregon game, they uh, sputtered pretty – they sputtered late in the uh, second half. So, I mean, they just need to be consistent.
1: Hop, I have team totals. Um, Texas, 34-and-a-half, and Washington is 29-and-a-half.
2: Ooh. Oh, man, it's so gross. I mean, like I said, they should be pretty high up there uh with the game anyways. But, man, those are ugly. I really don't know where for the life of me I'm going to go with this game because you said four and a half is what the artificial official line would be?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, man. I think – I don't know. Something really holding me.
1: Oh, boy. Bad time for Hobson or not to just kill itself. Actually yeah, <laughs> –
0: might have we might have lost them am I oh. here yeah we got you now
2: okay uh yeah bad time for the internet to cut out but we I'm just so torn on this game because it's like uh the thing like classic gambler thinking shouldn't really matter I'm like well is Texas gonna like play hard? they just play like a non-competitive game are they gonna be up right away and so is Washington just gonna keep it close? And it's a close game and that's just how it's going to go. Or does Texas just have too much talent and just blows them out of the water? I I, th- I feel like those are the two ways I just see this game going.
1: I, I think you bring up a good point too, Hop, about like the time off between these games. Like it's hard to calculate, but yeah, like we don't know what teams are going to come out flat. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll just, I guess I'll give my pick now. Cause that kind of plays into what I'm going to do. I'm taking Texas minus four and a half. And a lot of the reason is, and you know, Diaz can maybe attest to this better than me, but from what I've read, because you know, I haven't been in the football trenches in, in quite a few years, um, mm-hmm. it seems like teams that run the ball well do a little bit better after a long time off. Like It's a little bit harder to get in sync in the passing game. And I just think that Texas has run the ball so well, even without Jonathan Brooks. I think that's a huge advantage for them. Um, it, it's going to be a fun game. I, I'm kind of tempted to just take another over and just root for points again. Um, But I'm going to take Texas minus four and a half. You brought that up. It's definitely easier,
0: I think, to run the ball because it's just it's easier to just get going with that. It's like throwing the ball, trying to get like back into that game speed of throwing, like getting on uh, the same page as your receivers. I feel like is a lot more difficult. And now, especially when you're playing against one of the four best teams in the country that has a really good secondary. So I think that. If, they can run, if Texas can run the ball, it, it's going to be a long night for Washington. They need to at least establish some sort of, uh, you know, a, need to at least show that they can stop the run somewhat early on to make it where Texas isn't just going to pound the rock on them, dominate time of possession, and just kind of break their will by the second half.
1: I'm just going to have to make a pick on this game. I don't know what he's going to do on it, but he's going to have to make a pick.
2: Yeah, um, I'm honestly floundering here. I'm glad you guys just took a couple extra minutes for me so that I can. I had some time to think. At the end of the day, here's my thinking. Um, I'm going to call the defense as a wash for their kind of, wh- whether it's strengths and weaknesses or not. Like you said, Lukey, running the ball is big. Jaden Blue, Baxter, I think they're a little bit better, what they have going on then what Dylan Johnson can do, which is no disrespect to him after what we saw him do against USC. Um, and even he was really good, I think, in the Pac-12 championship game, if memory serves. So um, at the end of the day, look, I spent a year in Austin. Um, I have a Colt McCoy jersey uh, hanging out in my, in my closet somewhere. I'm going to side against Diaz with Luke, and I'm going Texas 4.5.
1: Wow, there's I'm a lot. This worries me, Hop. This reminds me of a lot of TCU last year, a lot of TCU.
2: Well, I'm sitting here thinking, um, Washington, I mean, follow with me for a second, but a team that keeps hanging on in games, you know, just doing enough. And maybe the defense isn't as leaky, but really good quarterback. People love. I, You know, there's a lot of purple. A lot of similarities between TCU and Washington right now um, that I'm seeing, and it worries me too. But I think – you, I mean, even when you stack up Xavier Worthy, Adonai Mitchell, um, and uh, – uh, who's the third one I'm missing? Stud receiver for Texas. And then again, so say Polk, and McMillan. I think you got a wash there. I think you got just about a wash at quarterback. I think, like you said, Texas runs the ball better control time of possession and I think after seeing the way Sark was able to manipulate a Bama secondary that has been really good all year and has a couple first round picks in it if they have to make a pass play when it's going to matter I think they will be able to do it so I I'm sticking Texas it worries me I know you're worried Luke but sometimes you just got to stay strong
1: I just hate being two against one on Diaz it just it never ends well for us I don't know why Look, at him sitting there just smirking. I feel so good now. Like, I
0: I am so glad neither of you – I, I can call you guys losers because you guys have never won the ring like I have, that neither of you losers are picking like I am.
1: Because the comeback's on. I'm winning this. I'm keeping I, this. I, if if I'm Hop, I'm worried. I mean, that's two games head-to-head plus LSU Wisconsin. Like, Diaz has a pack. And Air Force JMU. We have four games head-to-head coming up.
2: Look – you know what? I'd rather die, uh, you know, charging the trenches, if you will, uh, than being a coward. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna face this thing and Diaz head on. This huge, massive train that Diaz is sitting there on the other side of the screen. Um, and I'm gonna crazy. face him head on, and I'm gonna hope I oh, don't
0: get. Oh my god! My- oh, hang on! Again, <laughs> not necessary. <laughs> the hell's
2: going on
1: <laughs> i'm just saying this is bad juju for hop I, that's all i'm gonna say i don't i don't feel good about his chances now. Look, the
2: first time look shout out trophies was the trophy smack i believe is where i got the ring last time look i i knew as soon i said to myself i shouldn't do this i can't be doing this, this is bad luck and you know what i did i went and i pulled up the website anyway i went to the ring section and i looked Right before I made any bowl picks. So, look, I'm just going to accept it. I'm going to go head to head. I'm going to make Diaz beat me like a man. And if he beats me like a man, then you know what? I got to live with that. I can live with that a lot better than I can with taking, like, Syracuse plus three against USF.
1: All right. right. How puts a a beautiful bow on the end of this episode. Uh, Wishing everyone a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, a Happy New Year, and we'll be back. After the semifinal games to break down the national championship game, uh, follow along on our Twitter at student union sports, where you can see all our picks. You can see us go through these games. That's what I'm excited for. Like I'm out of this thing, but to watch Diaz and hop, just go at it for you know four bowl games is what's going to make my holidays uh, nice and warm and cozy. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh, but thanks for hanging out with us. He's Andrew Diaz, Bryce Hopwood. I'm Luke Owens. We'll see you guys next time.
3: Mom got drunk and Dad got drunk At our Christmas party We were drinking champagne punch and Homemade eggnog Little sister brought her new boyfriend He was a Mexican We know what to think of him While he sang, Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Brother Ken brought his kids with him The three from his first wife, Lynn and two identical twins From his second wife, Mary Nell Of course he brought his new wife, Kay Who talks all about AA a smoking while the stereo plays Noel, Noel, the first Noel The turkey turned the ball game on Mix margaritas when the eggnog's gone Send somebody to the quick pack store We need some ice and an extension cord A can of bean dip and some dying rights, A box of tampons some Marlboro lights and Everybody say cheese! Merry Christmas from the fam. Mo.